for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is March 16th. 2021 and today's episode is part one of our shed series and today's guest is with cody motter from ohio Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is episode 151. And like I said in the brief beginning, we are doing a brief, short, little shed hunting series. Actually, today's episode was with Cody Motter from Ohio. He's a taxidermist slash shed hunter slash bow hunter slash passionate human being. Uh, this guy lives for shed hunting. And you know, there's a lot of like tips and tricks in this, but we also talk about how he approaches shed hunting and approaching new farms and public land. He travels all over the Midwest shed hunting. He just loves it that much. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, eye opening to say the least on a lot of things that I really didn't even take into consideration when I go shed hunting. So I do like to shed hunt. I'm not going to say I'm a huge shed hunter. I feel like I'm a terrible shed hunter. I haven't found a lot of sheds, uh, but I have found a few. I found some good ones. Um, I feel like I'm more, more than likely just trip on them, you know, <laughs> instead of like seeking them out and like, oh my gosh, there's a shed way over there. I'm the guy that like kind of trips onto them. So um, I'm a novice shed hunter when it comes to this stuff. So it's pretty cool to hear his side of the side of, you know, shed hunting and what he loves to do and the passion he has for it. So with that being said, I, I do want to briefly just talk about um, the trip that Casey and I took two weeks ago, I think. No. Uh, yes, two weeks ago, we went down to Illinois to a new farm of ours and we shed hunted it and it was just him and I, we put 25 and a half miles on in two days, found 18 sheds, uh, 
two deadheads. I found two really big deadheads. Um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Had some great days. Like I said, we walked a long way. But the kind of unique take on it was that 16 of the 18 sheds that we found were all south-facing hillsides. Um, two of the other sheds, I found one in a standing bean field. And Casey found one in just a green source food plot, like a late season food source. So that was pretty crazy to see. Um, I, I feel like it's crazy just because I feel like we should have found more in food. We had good food, um, good late season food, and there really wasn't any in there, which was pretty, pretty crazy. You know, in the south facing hillside that we found majority of these on, it was a south facer that gets sun basically all day. Um, you know, I felt like the hillside was just north to where the sun would be coming up in the east, but still, as it comes up in the east, there's still sun on this hillside, and it just stays there the whole day. So you could definitely tell that the deer were spending most of their times there. Um, Casey found an absolute giant set. Uh, I think he rough scored it at like 163 or 165, somewhere right in there. And if you guys want to see our trip, go to our YouTube channel. We just dropped this this last weekend so go to our youtube channel it's kefir brothers underscore humanimal on youtube it's like a little six minute video that i put together um just about our shed hunt so it's pretty cool there's some funny parts in there so go take a look at that subscribe to the youtube channel if you guys would and you know drop us a little comment on there and tell us how what you think about it and everything so but yeah that's kind of the 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 brief overview take that I had on that shed hunt. We walked a lot, had a lot of fun. We, we measured food plots. We got to plant 13 food plots this year, um, trying to get all the seed and everything ready to get ordered for all that. So we can go back down and, and, uh, plant all the food plots during Turkey season. And, and, uh, that's kind of the plan. That was our plan going down there. It was a quick trip. It was about a three day trip with travel and, and uh, put boots on the ground, and it was pretty fun. So, when you when you guys are out there, and you know sheds are dropping right now, but you know a lot of sheds are already dropped. So, um, when you're out there, I guess my best pro tip for you, if you want a pro tip, not like I said, I'm I'm green at shed hunting, but something that I've been finding a lot of sheds on this year, south facing hill slides, hill slides, yeah, hill slides, hillsides. Um, not to say they're not in food, but I haven't found a lot in food. Try to find some thermal cover also. I mean, uh, thermal cover, cedars, pine thickets, anything like that. I know a lot of guys are finding stuff like that right now as well. So, um, yeah, I guess with that being said, I'm going to get over this interview with Cody. Uh, we had a really good time. He's a good dude. Look him up on Instagram and um, follow his passion of shed hunting. He's finding a lot of sheds right now and a lot of big sheds. Oh, we also get into a story of a giant set that he found this last year um, in Kansas. And this set of sheds is huge, giant. And it's a pretty cool story on how he found these. So ah, there it is. You guys enjoy this episode. I appreciate your support. Appreciate all the downs and down. Wow, can't talk. Downloads and everything. So thank you guys very much. And here's this interview with Cody. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. And today I've got my first guest of, I'm going to do this little little shed hunting se- series, I guess you could call it. I got my first guest on, Cody Motter from Ohio. Cody, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, man. No problem, man. You know, you reached out to me not too long ago and and wanted to come on. And I, I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do this because I've got some really good friends, uh, 
you know, Brent Todd, he's been on here and, and he's a hardcore shed hunter. Um, another guy that I'm going to record with that that's going to air after you is Mitch Reitz, another really hardcore shed hunter. And it's something that fascinates me because I've done quite a bit of shed hunting, but I've just not been very successful at it. <laughs> you know, I've, yeah. I've found some sheds and found some good sheds, but like, like I was telling you before off record, it hasn't bit me yet. The bug has not bit me to be like, you know, I want to be hardcore into this like it has with you. So I'm excited to get into this with you, man. Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. It's, uh, it's something I absolutely live for. So if I can, uh, you know, spread the word on the do's and don'ts and, uh, get some more people out and, and enjoying the woods and, and I'm all about it, man. Heck yeah. Well, first, before we do get into this, kind of explain who you are, where you're from and, you know, maybe what you do for a living. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like you said, my name's Cody Motter. I'm from, uh, Northern Ohio. Um, I run a taxidermy shop, Bones Taxidermy. Um, we're going into year seven. Uh, it's been a crazy year. I'm extremely busy, very fortunate to be this busy with, uh, the world we live in today. Uh, it's great to see that uh, I can keep the doors open and, uh, but yeah, in, in my free time, I'm a, I'm a hardcore deer hunter, I guess you could say. I think about it 24-7 and talk about it 24-7, obviously, in the taxidermy shop. And, um, yeah, and then on to sheds. Uh, I'm so busy in the fall, I don't get to uh, really hunt as much as I want to, but kind of the spring allows me to get out and stretch my legs when I'm not busy skinning deer and mountain deer so crazy that, uh, yeah, I'm a shed hunt fool, man. I live for it, so. Well, good deal. And is that kind of your way to supplement maybe what you've might've missed out in the fall is like your shed hunting experiences, stuff like that, like get out there and like that kind of gets you going. Like, you know, you're, you're missing out, like you said, a little bit in in the fall because of, of tax term, you know, your day job. So is that kind of how you supplement that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, um, yeah, that, that helps fill that void of, you know, feeling like you're missing out and, uh, and not only that, um, you know, when I shed hunt, you know, obviously the goal is to find some antlers, but um, I'm really keying on in on just trying to to figure out a, a certain piece of property and you know where to hunt, where where are other people hunting, you know, where the deer are bedding, the whole layout. That way, the following fall, when I have just minimal amount of time to go, I already know the property or have a good idea you know, the do's and don'ts, where to park, where to walk in the whole, the whole nine yards. So. Yep. Now, are you an exclusive public land guy? Uh, not per se. Um, mainly the, the out West States, um, is mainly public. Um, I do have some private ground. I walk in Iowa at a buddy's, but everything out West pretty much is all public stuff. Um, here locally, I would say, 90 percent private ground okay um but the further west i go it, it it's basically public yep i got you yep. now when you're uh i guess let's let's get right into to, to the shed hunting i, I want i kind of want to go back to like what what got you into shed hunting and what what uh when was the moment when it was like man this is this is like what yeah. i want to be doing like i'm so excited to do this like when did that evolution happened yeah kind of a funny story um 
I guess I was kind of a late bloomer in the, the deer hunting world. Um, I started deer hunting. I just turned 15. Uh, this would have been 2005. Um, and I shot my first deer that year with a bow. Um, my cousin just, he gave me his hand-me-down bow two weeks before deer season. Didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. <laughs> yep. It's just, hey, let's go deer hunting, you know. Um, but I ended up shooting my first buck that year, and I, w- I you would have thought I shot the state record. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I shot him on the ground. It was crazy. But, um, I mean, it was a 115-inch deer. But like I said, I thought it was a state record. And, you know, here we go. This is, you know, the ultimate thing. But that just kind of sparked it right there. I was just obsessed with deer. Yep. I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. Well, back then, we didn't really have smartphones and all this kind of thing, but I was a freshman in high school, right? So some buddies and I were in a study hall, didn't have any homework, or if we did, we weren't doing it anyway. So we're we're messing around on the computers, and I'm looking up all this stuff for deer hunting and big deer, blah, 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 and on Google, and this article pops up, shed hunting. Oh, what in the hell is shed hunting? <laughs> click on that, reading through it. And this is how green I was. I didn't even know, you know, deer went through the velvet phase and everything. I had no clue. Yep. The deer grew their, you know, regrew their horns, dropped them. That, I had no clue. I had no idea. And, uh, but anyways, I'm reading through shed hunting. I'm like, you can go out and find these damn things? I'm like, no way. So, read a few of these articles and uh back then i couldn't even drive yet i didn't have a truck yet so technically my first shed hunt i got a hold of my dad he took me out to um a public piece around here in ohio actually across the street from where i live and off i go i just take off walk and have no clue where deer live what they do nothing and i walked and walked and walked and walked for weeks on end you know walking all this public and uh I finally find one and uh, I'll never forget it till the day I die. I was walking back to the, to the road there where dad was going to pick me up and I seen tines sticking up out of the leaves and I kind of stopped and I said, Holy shit, is that a shed? I take off running. I get over there. Actually what it was, it was so close to the road. I think a deer got hit. Oh, really? Flew off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, it, so it technically wasn't a shed, <laughs> but I found it, and from then on, I just was absolutely just obsessed with trying to find more, and yep. what do they do? Where do the deer stay? Why do they stay? Just from there on, it's been a never-ending game in my head. I don't care how much I think I know about it. I'm always trying to just keep going and learning and learning from other people, and it's just it's a mental illness per se. <laughs> <laughs> well, Can't get rid of it. That's that's awesome, man. That's so cool to even, yeah. you know, just kind of dive into something that you have no idea what you're doing, yeah. you know, yeah. and just kind of learn it on your own. That's that's really sweet. Now, on average, every shed season or every year, how many how many antlers do you think you're finding on average? Well, I will say um, prior to the season of 2015. I don't really remember how many I would I found, but I mean the first few years I did it, it was very few, um, like one or two. Then the one year I think I found like four or five, 
and then another year I found like 21 and then I was kind of stuck in the 20s there for a minute but 2015 um here in the midwest we had a record snowfall year I mean we got like three foot of snow or something in like February and it was super super cold and that year I ended up pulling 63 sheds holy cow Uh, it was nuts man it was nuts um and then from 2015 on I found 38 to 45 46 from then on out okay Uh, been a little bit tougher but I've also um expanded and really started you know checking you know out the out west states and so that that'll kind of you know hinder your your numbers but um it's still it's it's about a 40 40 average uh per year from from about 2015 on that's crazy man now you know when you're finding these things i mean through the evolution of you like learning this when was the moment you were like okay, you know, I got to find thermal cover or I got to find the food or like, when did that start clicking to you? And was it like you started to find more sheds and more sheds? It's like light bulb moment. Like this is where I need to be looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that really kind of started clicking actually about 2015, to be honest with you. Um, because it was such a consistent, um i mean we'd go back like every week and keep finding sheds in the same spots and uh and i was really starting to kind of dabble with filming this and stuff so i was trying to you know portray exactly what i was doing for the people that were going to watch the video and um when i did that it really kind of like that like you said that light bulb went off it's like hey you notice you know all these deer are hitting these low bottoms are getting out of the wind and and all that, you know, next to the, the ag fields and stuff. And it, I started picking up patterns on that. And um, that's when I just really started, you know, diving into the how-tos and the whys and all that to where they're going. Because, um, you know, around here, it's a lot of it's a lot of ag fields and, you know, fence rows. And you get some river bottom stuff that gets pretty gnarly, but it's, it's your pretty basic stuff. Um, and it's just them uh yeah the, i mean it's pretty cut and dry you know you find your main your main food and your transition between that and your best bedding and that's pretty much where you're going to find the majority of your sheds yep now do you do you have a spot where you know i shouldn't say a spot but what is the 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 prototypical area where you know like where you can look at like maybe a topo map let's say you've never been to a piece of piece of ground you're like i'm gonna go shed hunt it now are you looking at topo maps or anything like that on x or whatever to kind of like pick apart and like discern like what's there and where you're gonna start so you're not like wasting a whole bunch of time in areas you you really probably shouldn't be in yeah yeah absolutely i've always said uh you know you plan discover and learn um because you know kind of when we first started going out west to these western states and you know kansas iowa missouri obviously we've never been there so um you know you get on a topo map and here's a big layout of a couple thousand acres it's like well where do you start you know right um but you know 
first we'll we'll find the access spots where can we park things of that nature that'll get you started and then we'll break down what we can kind of physically see where they're probably feeding whether that's a an ag field or if there's a power line going through where there's a lot of you know early successional growth type stuff where they're they're browsing around super heavy um just try to pinpoint the main what we think would be the main food source and then whether or not if if it's real hilly terrain or it's got a bunch of draws in it you know we'll try to pick apart those next closest draws and stuff like that close to the the feed um all stuff like that um but yeah we just try to game plan the day out to where we're hitting those those main food sources and what we think is the closest bedding to it then it's as simple as getting the boots on the ground and uh we'll just really kind of zigzag our grid pattern that whole area and we'll just kind of let the sign you know guide us to where we want to go and um you know just just roll with it that way yep and uh, you got to be willing to, to adapt too we've we've walked plenty of farms that just look killer on a topo map like it looks like there's a big ag field tucked in the back of this river bottom and it looks like there's some south facing hillsides the cedars and all this it just looks money and we get in there and there's very minimal sign there isn't fresh you know deer shit anywhere there's a lot of boot boot tracks it's just it's just not happening the deer aren't there so you just pack up and you, you just keep finding that super fresh sign and and just stay with it, man. How, you know, to kind of go back to that point, how do you keep a positive attitude when you see that? Like you have high expectations, like you're going into a place that's like, man, they got great thermal cover, great bedding, like you said, south-facing slopes. And, you know, when you go in there and you might find a little bit of sign or, you know, some beds, but you don't find any antlers, like how do you keep a positive mindset to be like, keep going? Because that's something I fall into. Like, I've got a really good south-facing slope on one of my family farms here in Michigan that's really close to the main food source on most years. And i am be honest with you, I've never found a shed on it, uh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, it's just discouraging. And But how do you keep a positive mindset within that to keep going? Yeah, yeah, good point. It's shed hunting, as physical as shed hunting is, it's like 90% of mental game, man. Um, because just like you said, you got, you know, all the cards are on the table. Like, dude, this, this should be money. And you walk through it and you exhaust all your efforts and then you come out with nothing. Um, you just got to keep it in the back of your head. You know, maybe the deer haven't dropped yet. Uh, maybe someone's already walked it. Um, maybe they have dropped and a coyote picked that shed up and took it in the middle of some field way off somewhere so maybe you weren't necessarily wrong just there wasn't the sheds there right um but in those scenarios you know sometimes just because you're not finding sheds you know if you can diagnose a property while you're there you know maybe you find a new pinch point you didn't realize was there or there's a, a freaking highway trail coming across this this low spot in a creek or you know just diagnosing that whole farm to keep your mind right like you're not losing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even yep. though you didn't come out with a backpack full of sheds, you know, your phone's loaded up with all these waypoints on, you know, where to hang a set, where to get in and out of here. Man, there's 15 scrapes on the backside of this field. I didn't know they were hitting, 
you know, just all kinds of stuff. But sure. Even where turkeys are roosting, you might find a giant oak tree you didn't know was there. Or there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, you can gather from that shed hunt to keep you motivated and, you know, you feel good about what you did. You didn't just go walk out and, you know, your backpack's empty. So. Right. It wasn't a complete loss. I mean, you're looking exactly. at the full picture, you know. Now, yep. when, when you're when you're looking for sheds, like you're walking, you're scanning the ground, like what is your process of like, because for me, it's almost like I need to go plan a couple sheds to like kind of get my eyes primed. Like, do you have to do the kind of same thing or like, how are you scanning the ground to kind of like, you know, really get that visual of like an antler and maybe, so you're not like looking over them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that battle is never won because you'll always walk past one or something, but, um, to kind of delay that from happening more, more often than not. Um, I guess one good tip is, is always try to have the sun at your back. Um, cause when you're looking into the sun, it just draws so many shadows out in front of you and those sheds can be hidden in those shadows and stuff like that. And it's hard to pinpoint them. Um, so if, if you can keep the sun at your back for one, that'll help kind of illuminate the sheds when obviously when the sun is out. Um, number two, if, if it's a overcast day or it just rained or something like that, that's prime time shed hunt. Cause now you've eliminated the sun and everything's kind of a monotone field of view for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scenario or either scenario, I walk fairly slow. Um, especially if you're getting into a spot where you got a lot of sign, obviously that's telling you to wool up a little bit and really start scanning. Um, when I'm going, I, I would say I probably look maybe 10 yards from my left to my right. And while I'm doing that, I'm also moving my eyes out and in probably five yards. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of like yep. a, a fan. And I, I won't do that all the time. I mean, if, if you're in kind of an area, you're getting to the next good spot, I won't necessarily go that slow. But when you start finding, the, you know, the the super heavy deer trails and the fresh deer shit and the beds and it's you're getting that fuzzy feeling that's and i'll slow it way down and i'll start gridding it just like that and i've always said look small and you'll find big what i mean by that is just visualize it you know a three inch little tine sticking up out of the snow or the leaves or or whatever it is and just look small because You'll find that giant, obvious 70-inch side. I'm telling you, you'll see it. But if you want to increase your numbers, just for the sake of filling your pack, just look small and you'll find big. And then once you finally start to, you'll find a little one or you'll find a a decent shed but just buried in the snow, then your eyes start getting acclimated to just those little tine tips sticking out everywhere. And you're honed in on that, then boom, all of a sudden there'll be a, you know, a 65 inch gagger sitting there and you're like, hell yeah, there we go. <laughs> that so. That's some good advice there, man. Like I never really thought of it like that way, you know, cause obviously, you know, for me, when I'm looking for sheds, I'm trying to find that like perfect tines up, you know, like yep. just laying there yep. on the leaves, like just saying, pick me up, pick me up kind of thing. Exactly. You know, yep. and it's probably, and you can speak to this better than I can, but it's probably very rare that you get that probably. Right it's it's pretty rare i mean there there's some of those days where it's just like 
the shed gods were just placing them for you in perfect little spots and it's just meant to be um 2019 i think that's what happened to me but um it seemed like every tree i walked around there was a 60 inch side laying there it was nuts but uh, <laughs> that's a hard um, problem to have <laughs> it, that year was nuts if i could go back and rewalk all those miles i'd i'd do it in a heartbeat but uh, but yeah that you know falling back on that scan and stuff it that's going back on that mental game man because even if you're still having the mentality of look small, find big, and you do find a big one. Then your mind switches to, oh, God, I got to find the other big side. Or yep. how many big ones are in here? And now I guarantee you, if you really watch yourself, you'll pick up your pace, and you'll just be scanning for that big giant shed. And I bet you 100 bucks, you're probably walking past smaller sheds, which if that ain't your goal to keep those smaller sheds, and so be it. But to me, I want to find them all. I mean, I, I just love right. doing it anyway but i've now, caught myself where you know i'm not finding much i'll find a little one and then boom there's a good one and i'll find myself picking the pace up twice as fast and i'm scanning and looking and you just got to remind yourself like whoa bud slow down slow down yep relax because that the other side to be you know tines down where it's a little harder to see or it could be even hanging in a bush you know mm -hmm. something out of the norm or you know, you just gotta it's slower down. Yep. Now to to kind of go back to that point, let's say you do find you know find a, a good side or just one side, and yep. w when you find that, like, are is a deer? Because you hear a lot of stories of like, oh, if a deer drops his antlers, he like doesn't like that feeling of the other one on there, and he's gonna like try to, you know, knock it knock his head around to try to get the other one off. Now. When you find one side, what's your process? Do you just kind of stop? Like, obviously, you're you're doing the, some filming and everything, and just kind of googling over it and everything. But like, what is your what is your plan after that to kind of see, like, how are you covering the the area and how big of an area are you covering to see if he if it's right there, the other one? Yeah, yeah, and that that's a great question because. Um... You know, I have a lot of sheds in, in my taxidermy shop, and that brings up a, a lot of the conversations in here when people are dropping deer off, and and uh, that, that gets asked a lot. Um, like, how many sets do you got? And uh, I bet you over the, the last 15, 16 years, I might have 40 of them, you know, out of maybe a 1,000 sheds. Yep. And it's like, well, where is the other side? Um and and I will say probably nine times out of ten when I do find a set, it's generally I bet you within fifty yards of the other one. Okay. Um, generally, and now I've also been a part of uh, sets where a buddy has found one, and we'll literally be two miles away in another section two weeks later, and boom, I'll find the other side. No um, kidding. Yeah, that's happened quite often, honestly. Actually, it happened last year, um, but um, but yeah, going back to you know, you find a good side. Now, now, what's your next plan? Um, that's where you know, especially this day and age, you know, we'll pull out our phones, we'll drop a waypoint, and we also like to put you know the tracker on, like Onyx, for example. You know, we we'll have our tracker on to see where we've walked, right? Mm -hmm. And We'll drop that waypoint. So, boom, there's your 70 inside or whatever it is. Um, you kind of get your mind right. You sit down and relax. You know, 
you don't get too excited. So you, you pull your phone out, you get all that ready, you drop away a point. And now you're starting to, you know, re-familiar, you know, you know, catch yourself back to what you're doing here. And, you know, seeing the layout of the land. And if you got, you know, a thicket real close to it and you got a ag field on the other side of it or something, in relation to that shed, you pretty much know he's probably feeding and bedding somewhere in there. So mm-hmm. we'll stick with the same game plan, but we might pick it apart a little bit harder now that you know you kind of got a prize possession on your hands here. So it just falls back to getting your mind right, looking small, finding big, and, and keeping that scanning going with you as you're, as you're breaking down the whole property. And... And nine times out of 10, you don't find that other side. I mean, it's just, that's the nature of it. That's what's got to be in your head. You know, you do it your best to find it, but, and they could, you know, a coyote could have jumped that buck after he shed one side and he was two miles across the road, still getting it. Boop, there goes the other side, you know, never to be found again. So it just really falls back to a mental thing. I mean, you can hope that you find it, but it's just breaking it down, slowing it up and, and, and you'll come out with a backpack full of them, man. I hope so. I hope you're right. That's yeah. <laughs> I want a yeah. backpack full. Um, yeah. To to kind of go back to your point of like breaking things down. When you're going into a piece of ground, how are you breaking it down to attack it the best way? Now let's 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 talk about if you're doing it by yourself. Like you have nobody else with you. You're just out, you know, shed hunting by yourself. How are you breaking down? Let's say a 200 acre piece. Uh, to cover it the best way and most efficient way uh, that you can by yourself. Sure, sure. It, it again, it goes to access. Um, where can I park? You know, I'll, I'll pick out, you know, that farm. I'll know the boundary lines. That way, I'm not just walking aimlessly on the stuff I can't be on. Uh, that's first and foremost. I'll see exactly what I can walk, where I'm parked at, because I don't just want to. Um, you know, say the say the farm lays out north and south long ways, a 200-acre piece. It's it's longer north than it is east or west. And the parking lots that say it's on the south side and the ag field's on the north end. Instead of me just cutting straight over to that ag field because that's the only obvious food on the farm, I'll look at that map and I'll try to zigzag that entire thing on my way up there and then even on my way back, I'll try to be efficient and break that all the way down back to the truck versus just, you know, hopping, skipping and jumping to the ag field and hopping over to maybe a thicket and then backtracking because it looked like there's a decent spot over here. It's just trying to zigzag it efficient as possible. Basically, girding the whole farm. Granted, you got the time to do it and just breaking it down because, you know, like I'm saying, your mental game. Uh, um, usually when I'm shed hunting, I'm trying to learn the property as well. So, you know, I'll hit up all these little pinch points or, you know, anything like that just to document the farm, you know, for future reference um, yep. when, I, when I go hunting and stuff. So I'm not just solely trying to pick up an antler and move on to the next piece. You know what I mean? I'm yep. really trying to define those highway trails or these little, you know, potential buck bedding areas on the end of knobs on ridges and stuff like that. So I really break it down. Um, 
and that's what I mean. Once, once I started going out west, west with buddies and stuff, our numbers of sheds went down, but our intel and knowledge of the farms skyrocketed because we really just scanned those farms and figured them out for for future hunts. So it's not just always about the sheds, but more or less learning the farm really well. Okay. Yeah. So basically you're saying, let's say you have, you know, you're looking at a map or whatever, and you're trying to break down a piece, but let's say you can see that there's a big cedar thicket and you think it's, you know, money for betting. What you're saying is you're basically not going right at that right away. You want to cover that whole farm as best you can, you know? Yeah. Okay. I I see what you're saying because I could see a lot of people like breaking something down and just going to the, you know, probably the majority of your people just going right to, you know, the main food source or the main bedding that they can find and skipping over, you know, basically the whole, whole piece, like the whole timber. Yep. Yep. And that's the big thing there. Um, and I'll be on, I mean, there's, there's farms around here at home that I I've known for years. So I'll bypass a lot of ground. There's probably not sheds on, you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll go hit up those special little bedding spots or the main food and stuff. But, um, like pertaining to a, a spot you've never been to and your intentions would be to, to either turkey hunt it, deer hunt it, you know, whatever. I'm going to totally break it down while I'm there, you know, try to maybe walk the whole farm. Then if you do end up getting into some sheds, you know, you want to match some up or you're just really finding them on your way back to the truck, you know, just try to um, grid it out as efficient as possible. That way you're not skipping sections all the way back to your truck and just really get a thorough, thorough breakdown of that whole piece and, you know, you might come out with a backpack full of sheds or not, but at least you'll have, you know, a couple hours of walking that farm front to back and you kind of know the layout of it and you can just use that for year after year after year after year. And then, you know, your success will go up from then on out. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Now I got, I got a question here about finding a shed. Have you ever found a shed off a buck, went in and hunted that the next year and killed that buck? I have. Um, we were in southeast Ohio. I was with a really good friend of mine, Brad. Um, and I, I won't drag this out too far, but we were in college, and uh, we were shed hunting fools. I actually got him into shed hunting. And uh, now, when I say southeast Ohio, you're talking it's big, big timber. Yep. There's no, there's no ag. It's just big, big timber, and. Um, we were walking some big timber. We kind of got down in a creek bottom. We started pulling sheds pretty consistent. And we were walking fools back then, let me tell you. You know, we were young, and we would walk daylight to dark up and down them damn hills till our boots about fell off. So mm-hmm. it took some serious time to get in there and, and get that done. But that year, um, I was fortunate. I found a match set of sheds. It was a nine-point down in this creek bottom. And probably 115 inch deer at the time and uh, you know falling back on you know breaking down a farm because this is a new piece we've never seen before we actually got on google maps and we looked at this whole property and where we're going to park and where we're going to walk and all that and we had done that and as we were doing it you know we were marking trees we're like yeah we could hunt here here's a nice pinch point 
walking, walking down this power line, you know, the, the whole deal. So we had did that that year and found that set of sheds and various other ones. Brad actually found a 70 inch side that year. Wow. Yeah. We found some, some good stuff, man, really good sheds, but going fast forward into the following year, Brad and I didn't have any money. We lived together in a little dorm room. I had my old 95 Chevy pickup and, uh, <laughs> yep. we drove, we drove, I think it was about 30 minutes north of the college and, uh, well, go falling back on the no money. We didn't have enough gas to drive to the hunting spot that night, drive all the way back home and then drive there in the morning. And, you know, we just yep. didn't have enough money. So we literally would hunt all day, pack lunches and all that, sleep in the truck that night, and then get up that morning and walk back into the timber, which is about a mile from where we parked. Yep. And uh, there's this one morning, Brad was probably 600 yards south of me. We were both on the same same creek bottom where we found all them sheds. And off to the east side of this this creek, it's all, it's big timber, a lot of pine trees, a lot of blowdowns, super good bedding. But the problem is the wind would swirl so bad up there with all the, the deep cuts and ridges and all that. We just were, we weren't seeing the deer. I think we were blowing them out. Mm -hmm. but, it, but in that creek bottom, it was a little more predictable what the wind would do. It was a little more consistent. Um, whereas typically it would swirl, but down in that creek bottom, it was just more consistent. We were seeing a lot, a lot more deer. So anyway, we're hunting once. It was a Sunday morning, I believe. And, uh, Brad texts me, you know, I seen anything. No, not much. Put my phone back in my pocket. And no sooner I did that, I looked back and I heard something. And I'm right tight on a creek. I mean, really tight. There was a nice sharp bend. And there was also a ridge off to my right that made a really nice funnel right there. So any deer head north and south had to basically walk under me. Well, sure enough, here comes three does. They walk right underneath me. And they actually ended up winding me, of course. Um, but they're winding me. And they're blowing and stomping. I'm texting Brad. I'm like, damn it, dude. I blew the whole hunt up. We're done. He's texting me back. He's like, yeah, that's no good. No sooner than I do that, and all you, all you hear is sticks breaking and busting behind me, and burr, burr, burr. I'm like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> yep. Not expecting it, because these does are, you know, 30, 40 yards in front of me, blowing and stomping, and then they bust me in the tree and the whole bit. Here comes this buck right on their ass. And I ended up getting him stopped right under me. I shot the deer. You know, I hit him, and the, air, the arrow shoots out like a volcano, and it was just insane. He was right under me and he runs up the ridge right beside me. He falls over. He's done. I text Brad back. I said, dude, I just shot a big one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, no way. I go, dude, I swear to God, I just shot a big one. So he gets down out of the trees and uh, meets up with me. We go find the deer. And this is what was pretty cool. I had had uh, that set of sheds. I found that crick. I had them with me for rattling horns. No way. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't rattle this deer in, but I had him with me. And the kind of the joke was, is, oh, I'm going to rattle these horns together. And I'm going to shoot the deer that shed these antlers, you know, which yep. didn't happen. But we're checking out the deer. We're high-fiving and shit. And then kind of both at the same time, Brad and I are looking at each other. We're like, dude, is that the deer? We got the sheds, too, and we're holding them up there. And sure as shit, 
It was no that same way. freaking deer. Yeah. That's and crazy. I, I, yeah. I had shot him probably 300 yards from where I found the set. Um, wasn't necessarily like hunting that deer. Right. Like I didn't have trail cameras and I didn't see him from the road and velvet and all that kind of thing. It was just, we were hunting where we knew the sign was and it just, just so happened. I shot that deer that I had the sheds to, wow. um, that I had, you know, around my neck for rattling horns and I ended up killing him. It was, it was wild. It was, it was very cool, man. Dude, that's an unbelievable story. That is so cool. Yeah. And yeah, you nuts. know, just because you didn't have pictures of them or you didn't go in there after that deer, like that, that's, that's so cool. That's like, you know, you did the full circle right there. You went and you shed hunted and you were scouting, you found all these sheds and you're like, this is the spot I need to be in. And then, you know, this buck comes by, you shoot him, and just so happens to be this buck that you found sheds off of. Yeah. Like, but that's cool, man. You did that from A to Z. You scouted, found sheds. You know, you don't really have to find sheds, but you scouted, found the hot sign, found where majority of the deer are, and then you killed a deer the next year. That's crazy. That's awesome. It it was, man. It was uh it was very rewarding for us. Um yeah, it, it's one I'll never ever forget. For sure. And, How big uh, was he? I think he went he had super short G twos. They're like three inches long. They weren't even busted. He's really super short twos. I think he went one twenty six, I believe. Okay. I remember. Great buck. I mean it's an awesome yeah. buck. Yeah, for, for that area, it it was a great deer, man. Um to do it the way we did. We were both Brad was just as pumped as I was. I'll promise you. We were uh, we were very uh, very excited on that. That's cool, man. Now yeah. to kind of get back on track here with with the shed hunting, it that was awesome. Great story. I, I'm glad I I asked you that because that's kind of what I was looking for. But sure. Um, yeah. Now, is there a spot that you found a majority of your sheds? Now, not a particular like farm, but like are you finding most of your sheds like on fence rows on, you know, bedding areas on south facing slopes or main food sources? Like, is there a spot that sticks out in your head where it's like, man, I just find more of my sheds in these types of areas. I'm going to say that the, the thick bedding area, um, mainly because if you're in a spot where a lot of people shed hunt, you know, what's the easiest thing to walk that flat ag field. Yep. So, so number one, you, you know, you're battling, you know, other shed hunters. Um, they could be getting there before you. Um, and it's just, it feels like that the, the, the thickest bedding next to it doesn't get hit as hard. And if you really use that system, I was telling you, where you, you break that down like a grid pattern and you're really scanning and you're looking small and you're, you know, you're potentially fine big. If you just really break down them thick spots, you know, keep the sun at your back and all that and walk around those cedars and just keep, keep looking at your, your phone. And like I said, with that tracker to see where you walk and just be super efficient. And I feel like I find a lot more in them thickets and the closest bedding than I would you know, a, a winter wheat field or something. Sure, you might pull two or three out of there, but you start getting to where they concentrate most of their beds, you just really start pulling them pretty heavy. I got gotcha. you. That, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you're talking about the gridding. I'm going to go back to the gridding real quick. When you're, yep. I'm trying to visualize this. So when you're gridding out a, a piece of ground, 
you know, let's say you make one pass from east to west, just for speaking, you make one pass. When you turn and go back, you know, the opposite way, how far are you zigzagging? Like how far are you going down from your last yeah. pass? Yeah, it's kind of situational. If it's, we'll, we'll start with the flat ground. Let's say it's just a winter wheat field um, that has no snow in it. So if a shed's in there, it's going to be fairly obvious. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so in that scenario, you know, let's say you're walking east to west, you walk the whole, you know, you're walking east to west while moving north to south. Um, so you go all the way to the west. I would probably go maybe 20 yards okay, and then I'd start cutting back east. Um, and you can get it tighter than that. You know, if, if the wheat is a foot tall and it's going to be, you're going to about have to walk on one to find it. You might want to, you know, tighten your group up a little bit. That's where it's kind of situational. Or if it's like a, a cut cornfield, man, you better be prepared to have your mind straight and you're going to be cutting over maybe, three four rows i mean you're gonna have to cut it real tight because they just blend in so well yep um whereas let's say it's a bean field a cut bean field i mean especially if there's no snow i mean you could probably see one especially if it's like a cloudy day and it's wet out and it's it's prime time conditions you could probably see one from 100 yards almost okay um but in the woods let's say you're walking an oak ridge top that's fairly flat and there's not a whole lot of underbrush. Um, that same scenario, you know, you'll pretty much, this depends how tight the undercover is or if it's super sunny and there's stuff that's just kind of impacting your, your line of sight, the tougher it is, like if it's sunnier, if it's thicker, I'll break down those grids a lot tighter just to be more efficient. But if it's, prime time conditions where it's it's dark and cloudy it just rained um you know i might spread it out a little bit because i can see a little bit better just to kind of maximize my time so i hope that made sense i just try to it's so situational um the way you break it down no that that makes makes total sense because that's one thing i always look at too it's like oh you just go walk around you know, like a lot of people probably like, ah, oh, just go walk around and see if we can find some sheds. But I'm I'm yeah. trying to figure yeah. out how to be the most efficient as well and how to break yeah. actually like methodically break down a piece of ground. Um and I honestly, me personally, I I didn't really think about like, yeah, you think about gridding it, but to me, I'm a guy that's like, Well, I'm gonna go to the most obvious place. But I'm like shed hunting all private ground, so um that I have access yeah. to that a yeah. lot of other people really aren't shed hunting. So I kinda go to those those higher uh, higher percentage places, I would say. And that's where I sure, start, sure. but I could definitely see, you know, pieces like you, you're going to a lot of public ground and you know, you're not only, you're not the only guy looking out there, you know, so it's, right, it can right. be tough sledding, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, that's just keeping the mentality of look small and find big, even after you find a big one you know, kind of falling back on that. It's just keeping your mind right um, and just sticking to your game plan. And it's trial and error thing. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to do this a long time, and these are methods that just work for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you just got to have a plan and, and just break it down the best you can. And 
just keep following that that fresh sign and you'll start walking in the sheds that's cool man well here for the next little bit i want to i want to wrap wrap it up with some like rapid fire kind of deals some things that i'm like interested to know about you and basically the first one is what is the biggest shed you've ever found yeah yeah no problem man that uh that baby she bought goes to bed with me every night. Uh, it's it's actually part of the set. Uh, my biggest shed is eighty six and six eighths. Holy um, cow, man! Yeah, it, it's a slob, man. It's it's got a seven inch base on it, and uh, it's just a mass monster. I actually nicknamed the deer Stumps, not because I have any history with it. I just randomly found it in Kansas Public, but the just the bases on it are like pop cans, man. That's it's crazy. A, it's a special deer that, yeah, it, it was a good one, man. So I, you found I, his I, other side though as well. Yeah, I might as well tell you the story. I'm I was going to say we got to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the deal, man. Um, and I'll keep it kind of short. I was in Iowa uh, prior to that with a good buddy of mine, Ian, and we we killed it, man. We found I think twenty. 26 sheds i believe in like three days and that was in two foot snow um so which was phenomenal because a lot of them were buried um found a few mid 60 inch sides 150 inch sets it was off the charts best shed hunt ever so i thought i would never top it i was like dude this is my best year ever i was already content with what i found yep but i had i had three days of of my vacation to go to kansas so I was, it was like midday. I was heading to, heading to Kansas. I was cutting through Missouri. It's like 10 o'clock and it starts spitting snow and I'm on the highway and it was kind of sleeting. And, uh, I'm going over this overpass and at the bottom of the overpass, it got really bumpy. And in my truck, it drives like a freaking semi. It's a little half ton pickup, but it rides stiff. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at, I'm going over this overpass. Like I said, it's sleeting and snowing and kind of icy out. I hit all these bumps, and, dude, my truck went absolutely 90 degrees. And uh, I'm freaking the hell out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I'm shaking and trying to get control of my truck because off the west side of the road, there is essentially a cliff that went down to the river. I, honest to God, thought this was the end of me. Cause I couldn't get control of my damn truck. Holy cow. Dude, it was nuts. I, I was freaking the hell out. Luckily, you know, I didn't slam on the brakes and didn't start doing 360s. You know, I just let the truck kind of wall itself down. And uh, anyways, I got the truck stopped. Then I put her in four-wheel drive, and I drove about 30 miles an hour for two hours. <laughs> I was so freaked <laughs> out. Um, but what I'm getting at... Um, I, I got out of the sleet and the snow, kind of got my bearings back. And after I done called everybody and told them I loved them because I thought I was going to die, but I made it. <laughs> Jeez, uh, <laughs> dude, I did. Yeah, that's no shit. I was freaking the hell out. I thought for sure I was going over that cliff and this, this was the end of me. But I made it. I kept trucking on south and I busted into Kansas. And that's when the butterflies get to flying. I just love that state. Um, I was all jacked up to go. So I get to Kansas. It's about noon. And this is a farm we've we've previously walked with my really good buddy, Jake. Um, he couldn't go that year. I was by myself going to Kansas. And um, so 
I get to Kansas. There's this one section of the farm where we found sheds a year prior. Um, the layout of it, the wool side of the roads, pretty much all your ag fields. You got some fence rows with some CRP mixed in. There's a little creek. Just a beautiful farm, easy to walk. East side of the road is kind of your big timber, your oak ridge tops. It butts up to a lake. There's swamps. It's a lot more intimidating of an area. It's just really big. So I didn't have a whole lot of time. So I wanted to walk the ag fields because I didn't have much time. And I knew I could efficiently walk that pretty quick and kind of find more sheds per se. Um, but I pulled in down to the, this old level B road that's not maintained, muddy, yep. sloppy, fucking mess. But I get in there. And I want to go to the parking lot, and I'll be damned if there ain't a truck parked there. <laughs> like, Damn it! The only spot in Kansas I want to go for sure, and there's a park or there's a truck park there, and, and it butted up to a bean field. It was muddier than hell, and I see the two sets of boot tracks. They're cutting across this bean field. They're shed hunt. What like, what time I, of year is this? This was March seventh. Okay. Yep, March seventh, and uh, I had assumed. They were shed hunting, most likely. What else would they be doing on, a, I think it was a Thursday at noon, 1 o'clock, right. in the middle of nowhere? They're probably shed hunting. I'm like, damn it. But, oh, well, you know, hey, there's thousands of acres here. Let's, let's grind on. Let's keep going. So I walked the east side of the farm instead of the west side where the ag's at. I walked that for, I think, almost four hours. And uh, I get back to the truck. I didn't find anything. Um I marked stuff on my phone, more spots to hunt and all that good stuff, but I didn't find any sheds. I think there's an hour left in the day. I get to the truck and uh, I want to go back to that little parking spot where that truck was parked. And I get in my truck. I had to drive like, I don't know, a thousand yards to it. And I'm halfway there and I didn't notice there's a little car sitting there, but they were just pulling out and it was two dudes in camo. I'm like, God damn it, they're freaking shed hunting too. I know they are. I'm like, this is the honey hole, our best spot where we found the most sheds, and here's people walking our shit. Yep. But it is what it is. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go anyway. And like I said, this farm's laid out. There's a bunch of ag, and it's broken down with, you know, fence rows and kind of waterways and sorts and CRP and, and cedars mixed in with it. And uh, I park at the the parking lot where those two trucks were. And I can see their boot tracks all through the beans. They were shed hunting. I know they were. Dang it. But I knew of a fence row that ran north and south south that Jake had found a pretty good shed in the year prior. I'm like, well, I know they bed there. It's this kind of, it's a really wide fence row, like 30 yards wide, grass and cedars mixed in it. Real good bedding, you know, nighttime bedding in between these ag fields. So I cut across the beans, and I'm making my way to this fence row, and then I was going to walk to the south end and loop up north all the way back to the truck before dark. Well, I'm halfway down that fence row. I'm just getting into the tall weeds, and like I said, there's cedars mixed together. And there's a cedar tree probably 100 yards south of me. So I'm kind of gravitating towards that. And I'm probably, now I'm probably 75 yards from it. And I stopped and I seen something shining. So I grabbed my binoculars, I pulled it up. And it's a white 
four-point side. Nice one, like a 60-inch four-point side. I'm like, fuck yeah, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, it's right next to the bean field. I'm like, hell yeah, they freaking didn't see that thing. You know, I'm like, sweet, man. Only shit I've fallen all day so far. So I'm all pumped up. I'm getting my cameras out because I want to film this thing and getting all my shit ready. And, you know, I'm going to film it. And um, I probably got another 30 yards closer. And I pulled my binos up again to see if maybe if the match was there or something. And I pulled it up and I looked 10 foot to the left of it. And there sat the biggest shed of my life. I mean, it was right next to it. That gigantic, heavy horn son of a gun was sitting there. That oh big my five gosh. And I go, oh my God. <laughs> That's exactly you probably didn't what even go to the four point side, did you? <laughs> no, I just stood there and I said, oh my God. I knew it was the biggest shit I ever found. I knew it was right off the get. And I'm trying, I'm fumbling around with cameras. I'm like, screw it. So I just turned my phone on. I wanted to get my live reaction to that that really big side because I was hyperventilating. I I knew it was my biggest shed ever. And uh, in the midst of doing that, I'm walking around in circles trying to calm down a little bit. I'm trying not to yell and cuss and make a scene in the middle of the the timber here. But um, I'm sitting there. I'm, oh, my God, and scratching my head and freaking out, thinking about what I'm going to do and this and that. So I looped around like 20 yards and I was going to film myself, you know, walking up to it. And in the midst of doing that, guess what I found? The other side. The other side of oh that giant. <laughs> I absolutely freaked out, dude. I went nuts because it ended up being a 76 inch four point side with crazy mass. 76 and, inch four point side? Yeah. Holy crap. base on it. Dude, it was. I, I didn't know what to think. Like I said, I just turned the camera on to film it. So you got my straight up real reaction to the whole thing. And I found that and I was all, I was pumped about it. It, it was a huge shed, but I wanted to go see that giant one with the, you know, the 86 inch side. So I go running up there and I mean, it's just a giant. It's got a eight, nine inch brow on it. It's got two four inch stickers coming off the base and it's a seven inch base on it. He carries over five inch mass, 12 inch DQ on it. And I picked that sucker up and I just knew that was the career find for me. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I almost shed a tear on that deal. I ain't gonna lie. I just, that's crazy. That was, that's your ultimate. I was like, how in the hell did nobody find these? And there's three sheds, you know, within 30 yards of each other, right. right next to the bean field where these dudes are shed hunting. Yep. Right next to it. I, I just could not believe it. And, uh, yeah, I sat there, I bet you, for a good hour, dude. I was calling my buddies, and I was like, man, I did it. I found a giant, and just soaking it in, man. I was, It was intense. That's crazy, and it just goes to show you, like, just like hunting, like, just when you least expect it, you know, you watch two vehicles parked in your honey hole, and just when you least expect it, you go and you find the biggest year of your life. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. That's it, really it cool. Was, it was insane. It was the, the day I thought I was going to fall off the cliff and never shed on again to the, the peak of my career find <laughs> ever, all in one day, and it was insane. Man. Roller coaster of emotions, man. Dude, it was March seventh, twenty nineteen. Was a very unique day for me. That's Absolutely. cool. 
Well, I, I got a couple more questions before we wrap it up. I just wanted some quick sure. hitters here. Um, yeah. What's the most sheds you found in one day? One day, I found sixteen of them once. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it was nuts, man. It was nuts. And a buddy had he had found three, so we found nineteen in a matter of about two hours. No way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was just a a real thick. Um, it's kind of like a cedar patch. It was mixed pines and kind of a swale grass bottom type of deal. And they were just absolutely pounding that bedding that in that spot that year. That's cool. And every year since that I've walked it, it's never been the same like that. So wow. I don't, I actually don't know the rhyme or reason of why there was so many in there that year, but Dude, it was, we just left the backpack open. It was just one after another, after another, after it was insane. That's crazy. That's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. What is your favorite state to shed hunt? Is it Kansas? Oh, it's going to have to be Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not just because I found that, that gross boon. It's just, and it's just a hybrid of everything, you know, a deer hunter wants, man. It's got just everything you want in it. Yep. For sure. The, the ag fields and the low bottoms and the cedar draws and the oak ridge tops and just everything combined into one, you know, gigantic deer. Um, it's, it's right up there. I mean, yep. Ohio's got a special spot in my heart, too. I, I live here. I mean, shed on it all over this state. I love it, too. But mm-hmm. we look forward to Kansas every year. We talk about it all year long. and Yeah, we love to do it, man. That's cool. Now, um, how many states have you shed hunted? How many different states? Yeah, I've been fortunate to walk in, in eight states. Okay. I've found sheds in eight states. I've walked nine. Okay. Um, Pennsylvania is the one I've been to, I think, three or four times now looking for elk and whitetails. And I uh, haven't found one there yet, but. I got eight states under my belt so far. Awesome, man. That's really cool. Now, I guess the last question I have for you is if you had any quick advice, elevator pitch advice to someone that is like shed hunting and everything, what would be the one or two things you would tell them to, to be the most successful, I guess? Yeah. Um, kind of falling back to what we said, man, just, you got to plan it out, you know, just diagnose that property the best you can, uh, whether it's an aerial photo or, you know, word of mouth from somebody else, you know, that kind of knows the farm, you know, take that all in. And, and, uh, you know, once you got that in your mind, just do your best to break it down efficient. So your time is you're being most efficient as you can covering that ground with the time you got, you know, Look small, find big. I've said that for years. Um, that'll increase your your shed numbers. And that'll help get your mental game right. And it'll keep you motivated to go. Yep. And uh, yeah, and most of all, just ha- just have fun, man. Just That's have cool. fun. Yep. Just keep grinding, man. It's always you could always learn something from it. I don't care if you find a shed or not. You know, like I was saying, you can you can totally look at a farm you know, and see all the last year's sign and, and just document all that and, and relay it the next fall or the next shed season, or you can always learn from it. Yep. As simple as that. Very cool, man. So I guess I want to leave you with, uh, 
kind of sh- shout out a little bit if anybody wants to know what you're doing with sheds first of all like uh where can they go to see you know some of the footage that you've shot and you know you have an instagram and stuff like that like direct them to there to to kind of follow your endeavors when you're shed hunting sure sure my uh my personal instagram is cody modder um dash bones taxidermy um, I, I post somewhat on there. It's mainly the taxidermy side of my life, but I do put some sheds on there. Um, but where you can find the majority of, of my content, as well as a good buddy of mine, Evan Lawler with Antler Authority, um, you can find them on Instagram at Antler Authority. He, he's a shed god. Um, he's a super cool guy, and uh, he's putting a lot of, a lot of stuff on YouTube. A lot of just good stuff man it's all good fun shed hunting there's tips and tricks in there but it just really you know it showcases the fun of shed hunting and it's just a good good thing to watch it gets you fired up and it'll help kind of get your mind right too because you know he'll he'll pan across where the shed's laying and it'll kind of acclimate your eyes again with what you're supposed to be looking for and it, it's a good pre-game warm-up per se to to watch some of that stuff heck yeah man well, yep. very cool, man. I, I'm glad you reached out to me, and I'm glad we did this because this this is really insightful, and I appreciate you coming on and doing this, man. I really do. Yeah, anytime, man. I, I could talk about this stuff, I think, until your ears fell off, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully I, I didn't confuse nobody and I had some useful tips for everybody. And um, Yeah, if anybody you know needs a hand or wants a tip on what they're doing, you know, feel free to send me a message i'll do the best i can to help get you on some sheds i i love it so cool man well i appreciate it very much and uh, i guess good luck this shed season <laughs> yeah appreciate it man we're uh we're gonna be heading west here soon and maybe old stumps is still walking around carrying that that pretty crown that maybe we can find so if you find stumps we're doing another podcast so Dude. you let me know when you find him and then we'll do Dude. another one just a story on that <laughs> Yeah, dude, if I'm still alive, I guarantee you, I see that, that son of a bitch set laying there again. I'll, I'll probably have a heart attack and probably not make it out of the woods. So, Oh, man, I can't wait to see that. So you keep me posted when you head out there. I, I will do that, man. All right, you have a good evening. Thank you. All right, take care, man. All right, there you have it. Thank you very much to Cody Motter for coming on and talking. I appreciate it, man. The guy is just, he is passionate about shed hunting and i love it so part one is over of the shed series next week we're gonna have part two with a pretty close friend of mine probably probably one of the you know most successful shed hunters that i know if not the top so um that's a good episode as well so lastly i do want to say please go over to itunes leave a five-star rating and leave a review on there it'd be greatly appreciated so thank you guys again we'll catch you right here next week on the fall podcast wild game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment